The Chicago Blackhawks wrap up their three-game homestand with a meeting against the Seattle Kraken this evening. I'll go over the Blackhawks' projected lineup as well as my preview of the contest, and I'll also discuss Patrick Kane deciding to sign with the Detroit Red Wings. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too, or you can check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also, per usual, a quick reminder here to make sure to go and show some support if you haven't done so already by smashing that like button, commenting down below as well, and of course, subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. All that stuff really does help drive the algorithm in my direction, which certainly helps me out. So please make sure to take care of that real quick. It does go a long way. And you can also go and turn on those push notifications if you're wanting to get notified when the episode's uploaded each and every day. And today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by the Sleeper app, the go-to platform for daily fantasy sports. And right now, you can go and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get up to an $100 match on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps with SLEEPER. All right, good morning, everyone, as always. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. And I hope all you Hawks fans are ready to button down the hatches here over uh, the next couple of weeks as starting tonight, the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be playing every other day for the next 17 days. And it's going to be a very hectic and busy month of December and a month of January as well. Pretty much aside from the Christmas break, it's full steam ahead for the Blackhawks over the next two months. I mean, December and January are going to be very busy, but it's kind of music to my ears, honestly, considering just how wonky and how brutal the schedule has been for them here in the early going. I mean, not only did they go through the ringer on the road to begin Connor Bedard's career, but there were a couple weeks there where they were playing only one game during the week and would have, you know, back-to-back games during the weekend, these one o'clock starts, which aren't going away, might I add. There's a 2 p.m. Central Time puck drop this Saturday, followed by a 1 p.m. Central Time puck drop on Sunday. So if you kind of feel like I do, not really a fan of those, at least this consistently, uh, they're not going away just yet. But it does make for uh, a lot more fun as someone who hosts a show covering the Blackhawks, given that, you know, the games are what we really get revved up for. And I love breaking those down and previewing all of those matchups. So going to be nice to get in a little bit of a flow here the next couple of months as the Blackhawks take on a very busy schedule. But before I get into tonight's matchup with the Seattle Kraken Blackhawks fans, some breaking news dropped earlier this morning as multiple reports came out stating that Blackhawks three-time Stanley Cup champion and most importantly, the greatest American hockey player, I guess maybe not most importantly, but 
in my mind, in a lot of people's minds, the greatest American hockey player of all time, Patrick Kane has finally reached his decision. And after months of rehabbing, we saw tons of videos of him getting healthier and looking really good skating out there and just ramping things back up to, you know, gear up for the start of his season, which everyone expected to be sometime here in November or maybe early December. It seems like that's the timeline that Patrick Kane is going to be on. But after weeks of talking with multiple teams, a lot of interest from a ton of NHL clubs, understandably so, Patrick Kane has decided to join the Detroit Red Wings. He's going to be teaming back up with former teammate and former linemate Alex DeBrinket in Detroit. He's pulling a Chelios on us, Blackhawks fans. What a weird announcement. And last night before I went to bed, I saw a tweet from Jordan Schmaltz, of all people, saying that uh, his phone has been buzzing here recently and he got a... uh, Got a report from someone saying that Kaner was going to be signing with the Wings in the next three to seven days. And when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I I mean, I, I believe it, but I'd like to see an actual insider kind of report on this matter. And then sure enough, this morning, Chris Johnson, I believe, was the first one on it. Yeah, just a very, very weird feeling. I mean, 13-year-old me would be absolutely fuming right now and having a heart attack. And it definitely is a little bit weird, but... Now that the Red Wings are out in the Eastern Conference, I got to admit, I'm not as frustrated over the matter as I would have been, you know, five, six, seven years ago. I still consider it a rivalry. It will always be a rivalry in my mind, even though the Wings are out East now. Um, But I know a lot of people don't feel that same way, but I'm sure there are a lot of mixed emotions about Patrick Kane, particularly from that older generation, I'm sure, that saw Chris Chelios go to the Detroit Red Wings. They're probably like, are you kidding me? We have to live through this again with another Blackhawks legend. I certainly understand it. I don't like it whatsoever. It does give me the heebie-jeebies, but it is a little bit different now that the Blackhawks aren't, you know, just head-to-head with Detroit every year and those brawls and those tough matchups aren't what they used to be and they don't mean what they used to mean as well. But undoubtedly, an odd feeling. I mean, Patrick Kane, thinking about seeing him wearing the Red Wings sweater, I mean, come on. It it definitely does not feel good to say. Um, but as far as how it landed to Detroit, I mean, kind of, uh, I mean, I don't want to say an outside-the-box type of signing here by Kaner, but I talked about this, <clears throat> excuse me, many times here on the podcast when breaking down what Kane's decision could be. He was going to have a really tough question to ask himself and also found himself in a bit of a tough scenario. First, he had to ask himself if he'd be willing to take basically no money. That is what it would have to take to go to one of the top teams in the NHL. One of the teams we project to be at the top of the NHL standings, because most of those squads just don't have any cap freedom right now. They're still in salary cap hell post COVID. They're still feeling the ramifications of that. And because of that matter, even if Patrick Kane were to take a league minimum, it was going to be very hard to fit him into teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Dallas Stars, the the Tampa Bay Lightning, for example, the New York Rangers. That was the reason why he didn't end up going back there. I always felt like that was the most likely destination for him. But for salary cap reasons, it wasn't going to happen. Chris Drury pulled the Rangers out of the race. So with that kind of being the case, Kaner had to find himself a little bit of a a middle-of-the-pack type of team that would give him a little bit more stability. And in the last couple of episodes, in my most recent episode talking about Kane, 
I said I personally thought it was going to come down to the Detroit Red Wings or the Carolina Hurricanes because they're two teams. Carolina probably more so than Detroit as they's, they've been in the playoffs these last couple of years, but felt like those two teams were the ones that had the most financial availability for Patrick Kane and their teams that are still going to be playing meaningful hockey. Now for Detroit, my biggest issue that I always had wasn't that, uh, you know, my bias with the black being a Blackhawks fan and that Patrick Kane wouldn't join the Red Wings because he didn't want to break our hearts. No, I, I didn't think that was going to come into play. I just wasn't sure if Kaner thought that the Red Wings were ready enough to go and win a Stanley cup. And, you know, he, that's, you know, the ultimate goal and he hasn't really sniffed it in almost a decade now. So that was kind of my one thing that held me back about saying Detroit, but quite honestly, I just don't think Patrick Kane had many other legitimate options that he can go and sign with. It felt like it was down to Detroit and, and maybe Florida. Um, but one thing to consider Patrick Kane's always been kind of a Midwest to the Eastern side of things type of guy, right? Playing for the Rangers, playing for the Blackhawks, being a Buffalo native, playing for the London Knights in the OHL. He's never really been far from home, and his dad loves to go to his games. And family, you know, traveling to Florida, that just seemed like a little bit much. So Detroit, it kind of seemed like a good fit for all things accumulated. They're off to a good start this year. Are they ready to win a Stanley Cup? I don't think so. But again, I don't know if Kane had many better options. They also have the financial freedom. They're not too far away from his home of Buffalo. It just kind of felt like it was the right middling spot for Patrick Kane. So, yeah, certainly a weird day, though, Blackhawks fans. Um, not exactly sure when Patrick Kane is going to be making his debut for the Red Wings, but the Blackhawks do face off with them this Thursday at Little Caesars in Detroit. So we'll see if Patrick Kane is uh, going to be good enough to go by Thursday evening. But, yeah, Patrick Kane sounds like he is officially signing with the Detroit Red Wings. We don't have the terms or the details of the contract yet. We don't know if it's a one-year deal or a two-year deal and how much money he's going to be getting, but it seems basically set in stone at this point that Patrick Kane is going to be joining the Blackhawks' longtime rival Detroit Red Wings to join back up with former Blackhawk Alex DeBrinkett. All right, folks, there is my initial reaction to Patrick Kane electing to sign with the Detroit Red Wings. Coming up in just a moment here, I will get into my preview of the matchup tonight at the United Center against the Seattle Kraken. But first, I need to talk to you all about Sleeper. The NHL season is finally here. Are the Vegas Golden Knights going to reign supreme once again? I love the NHL. I love hockey. And I know all you out there do as well. And that's why I'm here to talk to you about Sleeper. Sleeper is my go-to platform for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you have the chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy action. The NHL has literally never been more exciting than it is right now with star power like Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Artemi Panarin, Jack Hughes, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and of course, our baby boy Connor Bedard out here in Chicago. And all you have to do with Sleeper is simply select more or less based on their stats provided, such as goals, assists, points, saves, and more. And again, Sleeper offers you the chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy hockey. So go and make the right picks, and you could win real big. I think we got to be riding with Connor Bedard getting a goal tonight this evening, right? Blackhawks fans, he's been a little bit quiet these last couple of games. I think he could have a breakout night here against the Seattle Kraken. Entries can be made in under 30 seconds, and Sleeper is live right now in 28-plus states. 
And you can also go and use that promo code listed down below. That's Lockdown NHL in all caps. And you'll get up to an $100 match on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code Lockdown NHL in all caps. And go and see Sleeper's terms of use right now for more details. All right, segment two, the Chicago Blackhawks. Oop, before I do that, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, the Blackhawks play the Seattle Kraken here this evening at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, the first time these two teams meet this season. And you can catch all of the action of the Blackhawks' hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Blackhawks. All right, segment two, I mentioned it's going to be quite a busy schedule for the Chicago Blackhawks in the next 17 days. They kick off this busy stretch with a meeting tonight at the United Center against the 8-9-5 Seattle Kraken, who haven't gotten off to the best start this season, but still currently sit fourth in the Pacific Division because of a lot of struggles of teams out West here so far early on in the year. The Calgary Flames obviously haven't been good. The Edmonton Oilers have been getting a lot of attention for their early struggles. And then there's the San Jose Sharks who find themselves right at the bottom of the standings along with the Chicago Blackhawks. But yeah, it's been tough sledding for the Kraken so far this year as well. Uh, It's been an up and down month of November for them. They have a five, four and three record in 12 games this month. And coming off a 5-1 loss to the Vancouver Canucks in their last outing. But that was on Friday night. So they're going to be pretty well rested for this matchup. And the Blackhawks got to be ready for it. uh, Because some slow starts have really costed them. Nearly cost them against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Forced them to have to come all the way back to win that game into overtime. But going into some of the numbers uh, of this matchup. And looking at the Seattle Kraken. Getting into a breakdown of them. Kind of been a struggle for for them on uh, both ends of the puck so far this year is they rank 26th in goals per game and 23rd in goals against to go along with a 26 ranked penalty kill. But where they do well though is on the power play. They currently sit eighth in the NHL at 24%. And we all know how much the penalty kill has been a struggle for the Blackhawks here as of late through their first 10 games in the month of November There's only been one of them where they haven't surrendered a power play goal and they've given up a PPG in 11 of their last 12 total. So got to stay out of the box. I mean, it kind of feels like I'm a broken record here. Blackhawks aren't doing themselves any favors when they're taking a handful of penalties. Staying out of the box seems like it's going to go a long way to slowing down this crack in offense here tonight. But as far as their leading scorers, look at the guy looking at the guys who have kind of led the way for them offensively. It's pretty noticeable that it's been a committee approach for this Kraken offense. Oliver Bjorkstrand and Vince Dunn are currently their leading scores, their co-leading scores. I guess I could, I guess I should say, excuse me, um, as they both have 19 points. But they have a lot of guys who are already up in double digits: Jaden Schwartz, Jared McCann, Ellie Tolvanen, Yanni Gord, Jordan Eberle, and of course reigning. Um, Calder Trophy winner, Matty Beneers, all of them already have 10 points on the season. So it's been a committee to get the job done for the Kraken offensively. Blackhawks aren't going to be able to just target one line, which honestly, I don't know if they're uh, even capable enough defensively to really be targeting just one line. They can't be taking shifts off against anyone, but it is worth noting that Seattle has kind of got it done by everyone chipping in offensively. And it hasn't just been one line carrying the way for them this year. And then in goal for the Kraken, I'm really interested to see who it's going to be. 
Uh, I'm recording this at nine o'clock in the morning. So we don't have the morning skates here as of yet, but um, out of the Kraken's first 22 games, they have split the starts evenly between Philip Grubauer, who, you know, is getting the money and figures to be their starter, but he's only been in net for half their games thus far as he split with Joey Dacord. Um, but neither of them have really been all that good for the Kraken. And this feels like it is one of the biggest weaknesses of this team and kind of has been the last couple of years. It feels like goaltending has really been one thing. I know it was good for them last year when they made a run in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but it feels like so far since they've been a franchise, that's kind of been one area. Chris Dredger, Chris Drieger, it, it was who they gave a big contract to from the Florida Panthers. feels like that's been a flaw of theirs, both Dacord and uh, Philip Grubauer have save percentages below 900. The one difference, Grubauer has a 3.66 goals against average, while Dacord has a 2.99 GEA, uh, GAA, excuse me. Again, not sure at this point which one of those two is going to be in net, but regardless, it hasn't been great for them so far between the pipes. All right, folks, there is my quick preview of tonight's matchup against the Seattle Kraken, the Ryan Donato revenge game, possibly. I'll talk about the Blackhawks lineup here in just a moment. But first, I got to talk to you all about Collective. If you run a small business, then you're an army of one, but you still need a CPA, a bookkeeper, separate payroll solutions, and more. Let Collective take care of the paperwork while you take care of the business. The best part? It's at a fraction of the cost of a CPA, and Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion and not the paperwork. So right now, go and join the thousands of solopreneurs who have saved an average of $10,000 per year on taxes with their structure at Collective. And right now, Collective is also offering one month free and no onboarding fees when you go to collective.com slash lockdown NHL in all caps and tell them the lockdown NHL, the lockdown podcast network sent you again, you'll get a $550 value for absolute free. When you go to collective.com slash lockdown NHL, just make sure to tell them the lockdown podcast network sent you. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, if you're still tuned into this point of today's episode, first, let me say thank you very much. I hope you're all enjoying the show. And if you are, please make sure to go and help me out by hitting that like button, commenting down below as well, your prediction to the final score of tonight's matchup. And of course, go and hit that subscribe button. Please make sure you're subscribed to the channel. You can also go and turn on those push notifications by ringing that bell to get notified when episodes get uploaded each and every day. And also make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. The channel has really been popping here as of late as I've been sharing some cool Blackhawks-related clips and prospects and such. Uh, and there's also something really important going down on the Lockdown Blackhawks Instagram account tomorrow. You're going to want to make sure to follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram to see what that is. All right, segment three, before I let you all go and enjoy the rest of your days, I do want to get into what the Blackhawks lineup is expected to look like when they take on the Seattle Kraken here this evening, as well as my three keys to victory. Quite honestly, I, I don't see uh, the Blackhawks having any changes to their forward group here or their defensive pairings, even though they are coming off a loss to the St. Louis Blues on Sunday. They ran it back with the same lineup they used on Friday against the Maple Leafs. And even though the final result wasn't what they wanted, I still thought the Blackhawks put together a, a pretty solid effort aside from a shaky 
opening five and a half minutes where they surrendered a couple of quick goals. They still did a lot of good things in that game. They had a lot of sustained possession. They were the ones controlling the puck and winning the battles. They just weren't able to generate a lot of high danger chances, which honestly, when we're talking about a lineup that doesn't have Taylor Hall, Andreas Athens, or Corey Perry right now, that's not all that surprising that that's going to be an issue. This team is just going to struggle to generate a high amount of dangerous scoring opportunities. That's just going to be the fact of the matter. But taking a look at the lineup, like I said, don't see any changes, meaning we'll see Lucas Reichel, Connor Bedard, and Philip Kurashev as the top line. Would be nice to see them kind of take a step here after being a little quiet these past couple of nights. Uh, and they're going to have to carry the mail for the Blackhawks here moving forward with those three guys that I just mentioned out. So hopefully they can do something big. Would be nice to see Bedard get back on the board in the goal column. The second line, I think, will be Tyler Johnson, Cole Gutman, and Taylor Radish once again. I've liked Cole Gutman's uh, determination to shoot the puck when he has it in the offensive zone in his first two games since being recalled. And honestly, that was something that was prevalent about him uh, in the first couple of games of the year and during the preseason. It seems like he really wants to shoot the puck, and it seems like he's going to be more of a goal scorer at the NHL level than a playmaker. So I've liked that from Gutman. Hopefully that line can kind of get going here this evening as well because the bottom six have been the ones who have been generating a lot of the looks for the Blackhawks in their past two games of action. And a lot of good stuff has been coming from the Nick Felino, Jason Dickinson, and Joey Anderson trio. Obviously, Dickinson's the one who's been getting all the attention and all the buzz as he has nine points in his last 10 games after a hat trick on Friday to will the Blackhawks back against the Maple Leafs. Joey Anderson, though, has quietly been really solid in his first two games. Nick Felino's just been good all year long. Hopefully, the Blackhawks can kind of mix and match. It feels like that really hasn't happened much this season where they get a good outing from both their top six and their bottom six, and they both kind of chip in on the same night. Feels like those have been few and far between. And then to round things out, I expect Boris Kachuk, Ryan Donato, and Reese Johnson will remain as the fourth line because they were just really good. Um, and they've been good for the past handful of games. I mean, Boris Kachuk has been a man on a mission since last Wednesday. Uh, Ryan Donato had a two-point game as well on Sunday, and Reese Johnson's been chipping in doing his thing physically as well. So I feel like Mackenzie Enwistle is deserving of getting back in the lineup. I just don't see how they take any one of these guys out right now at this point in time. So I expect Macker's going to be the extra forward here watching from the press box once again this evening. And then on the defensive side of things, not much of a surprise. Alex Vlasic, Seth Jones, top D pairing. They've been the Blackhawks' best two defensemen so far this year. Kevin Korchinski will remain with Connor Murphy. By the way, Blackhawks fans kind of lost in all the news coming out about Corey Perry and what's been going on with Peter Morazic and Thanksgiving and just all the stuff that was going on last week. The Blackhawks announced that Kevin Korchinski will likely not be going to play for Team Canada at the World Juniors, which is a little bit disappointing because he figured to be a huge piece of their blue line after being one of the youngest members on the team last year. He would be eligible to return, and yeah, I really think he'd be doing a lot of good things, and it would be fun to watch him go and, you know, suit up and dominate for Team Canada, and it kind of sucks that the Blackhawks are stripping him of that opportunity, but it is for good reason. It's because he's already there with their NHL squad, they're worried about what he's doing in his professional career, not his junior career any longer, which is their right to do. And given, you know, what happened to Kirby Doc there a couple of years ago, uh, I don't think this is the most surprising news that they're electing to hold Korchinski back. But that did come out a couple of days ago. Korchinski likely won't be playing for Team Canada. 
Uh, but tonight he will be playing with Connor Murphy on the Blackhawks, second defensive pairing. And then to round things out, Wyatt Kaiser and Isaac Phillips, who Luke Richardson mentioned, uh, they need to tighten up their gaps a little bit. I do think they've given up some soft goals, but being, you know, two NHL rookies playing together, those are uh, kind of some tough circumstances, but Look for that. That is an adjustment that Luke Richardson has told them to make to tighten up their gaps and to not allow so many easy tap-ins. Feels like Wyatt Kaiser's kind of been guilty of that a lot this year. So we'll see if they'll be able to make those adjustments. But both of those two did get on the board offensively on Sunday as Kaiser uh, doubled his season point total with two assists. And Isaac Phillips picked up one as well to give him two assists in his last three games. As far as who we can see in net, this is a million-dollar question as well that I'm kind of itching to see what the case is going to be during uh, the Blackhawks morning skate, because as I mentioned on yesterday's episode, there's a little bit of an incident going on or a little bit of a situation going on, I guess right now with Peter Morazic. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. I don't know. It's hard to tell, but he was absent from Blackhawks practice on Thursday, just like Corey Perry was served as the backup to Arvid Soderblom in each of the Blackhawks last two games, despite undoubtedly being the better of the two netminders so far this year and arguably being the Blackhawks MVP. Certainly was a little bit weird that Peter Morazic wasn't in that particularly for Friday's game against a really good Toronto Maple Leafs offense. Um, if you want to hear more about the situation, make sure to go and check out the episode that dropped yesterday as I got into detail about what's going on with Corey Perry and Peter Morazic. But I think it's just safe to assume Arvid Soderblom is going to make his third consecutive start in a row here. We're still not really sure what's up with Peter Morazic. Um, I've seen some people suggest that maybe he was packaged into a, a deal with Corey Perry, potentially. There's been rumors about him just getting traded to Edmonton straight up. No word from the Blackhawks as of right now, but... Just based on what happened over the weekend, I would assume that continues and the Blackhawks go with Arvid Soderblom here tonight. But we will find out in a couple of hours when the Hawks hit the ice for morning skate if Soderblom will be in there for a third consecutive game. Last but certainly not least, my three keys to victory for the Chicago Blackhawks this evening. Number one is nothing easy early for Seattle. That's been a pain in the side for the Blackhawks each of their last three games. Against Columbus, it was an ugly start. Against Toronto, it was an ugly start. Against St. Louis, it was an ugly start. Make them earn their goals. This is a Blackhawks team that is offensively challenged without three of their better offensive weapons. They can't afford to get off to a slow start because if they give up two goals in the early going like they did on Sunday, it's going to be you know tough for them to go and get three or four to go and win the game. So they basically have to play perfect defensively the rest of the way. Just get off to a better start and make the Kraken earn all of their goals. Don't give them anything easy early. Number two, my second key to victory is for the Blackhawks' bottom six to continue spending their shifts in the offensive zone. That's maybe been one of the most noticeable things about the Blackhawks in their last few nights of action is that the bottom six has really been doing a lot of good, winding up on the right side of the analytics, leading by a handed margin and scoring chances and shots on goal. You love to see that. And again, with this Blackhawks struggling offense, hopefully they can get some bounce back from Bedard, Reichel, and Kurashev here this evening. Uh, and then they can also kind of time that perfectly with the bottom six to give the Blackhawks what they need offensively and also help slow down Seattle. As I mentioned earlier on in the show, they have a pretty um, – an offense that's kind of by a committee approach. So if the Blackhawks bottom six are getting the better 
uh, better looks and getting the better of the Seattle Kraken bottom six, that's certainly going to mean good things for the Blackhawks as well. And then my third key to victory, I think it's something that I really haven't talked about enough this season, but I think it's been a huge issue for the Blackhawks in terms of they haven't done it consistently enough, but when they do it well, it kind of often winds up leading to their goals. It's for the first four checker into the offensive zone to really be aggressive, to be not hesitant, to be out there uh, to get on the puck as soon as possible because it feels like one of the biggest issues with the Blackhawks power play is they can't go and retrieve any pucks. Like they're not fast enough. They're not big enough to go and win battles. Like I said, they're not fast enough to get there first. Feels like that's been a real big issue. But in their last couple of games where they have found success, is by forcing turnovers in the offensive zone with some really good forechecks. Joey Anderson uh, had a pair of these in the comeback win against the Leafs. Taylor Radish, uh, I believe, had a really noticeable one on, I I think that was Sunday against the St. Louis Blues. Um, Nick Foligno has been doing a really good job of that all season long as well. It feels like that's led to a lot of the Blackhawks' better scoring opportunities recently. It's been by creating turnovers via the first four checkers. So that's another thing I think the Blackhawks need to key in on tonight to slow down the Kraken going up the ice. That first four checker, get on the puck as soon as possible and wreck havoc because that's how the Blackhawks have been generating a lot of their goals as of late. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show. And be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast, and to go and subscribe to the Locked On Blackhawks YouTube channel. And that way, you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and show me some love by following at Jack Bushman 2 on Twitter. And go and follow my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's see if we can pull off the dub to wrap up this homestand tonight against the Kraken. I still can't believe Patrick Kane is a Red Wing I think we officially live in a simulation. Until the next episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.